Hey, this is Carrie from Rapper Head Around Silks. You are listening to the Expecting Aerialist podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have my old friend, Rachel Bowman here. Say hi, Rachel. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you guys know her as one half of Womack and Bowman, which is many things. It's a performance duo. It is the loft in LA. So the brick and mortar studio, which I work at a couple classes a week. And she runs the business with Brett she also runs the online side of their business. They have mastered the Silks course. They have the Silks Stars, Silks, Silks Stars subscription. They have, oh my God, they have a rise. They have. Uh, it keeps going on and on. Yeah, <laughs> like the the busy, bendy aerialist. They have <laughs> aerial powerhouse. I know. I get all the emails. <laughs> I love it. We have a lot. Yeah, you guys have a lot. Rachel is um, an old friend. We met on a show where she was the aerialist, and I was a dancer. She became my teacher. I don't know, 13 years ago, and now we're colleagues and friends. And she's my boss as well. And she's kind of my mentor in this online business. And, um, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a little while and I told all my really close girlfriends, you know, it's an open invitation whenever you're ready. And she said, I'd like to be on. So I said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay. So Rachel is also a mom of a toddler. Her Her baby is about six months older than mine-ish. So this being the expecting aerialist, I thought maybe we'd go into the mom stuff before we go into the aerial stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Can you, you know, just maybe tell us a nugget of your prenatal story or maybe a, a favorite part or a hard part of it that you can, that you want to share? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I basically hated being pregnant. Like, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of moms have this whole kind of, you know, it was such a beautiful time in my life. It, it wasn't that way for me. I was nauseous a lot, especially the first trimester when I was still performing. And um, it was it was hard, I, you know, getting kind of gaining this kind of weird weight and everything was definitely just weird, just strange to me. Um, so definitely had challenges with that. Um, there was like, there was moments where it was, um, I don't know, like it was bearable. Like there was, there was some moments bearable <laughs> to say that. Um, but I guess one little nugget is that we, it's somewhat unusual, I think this day and age is that we didn't find out the baby sex. So we, so we didn't know that. So throughout the my pregnancy, I, I had this kind of like interesting, uh, experience with sort of like not yeah, not being able to picture my my baby. I mean, not that anyone can, but I guess, but like just kind of like wondering. I thought I was having a boy this, the whole time, and it turned out, um, obviously, yeah, baby was a girl. So, yeah, so that was kind of a really amazing experience when I had um, when I had her. That you know, it, that being like, oh my gosh, I'm having a girl. Like this is so crazy. So, um, but yeah, my my I would just say my uh, pregnancy was. Uh, 
was, yeah, it was just not my favorite time. I did continue doing aerial like throughout, um, right up until about 36, 37 weeks, obviously not a whole lot of stuff, but just climbing a little bit, basic footlocks and basic, um, you know, basic skills, which I think kind of was more for my mental, emotional health versus mm-hmm. really any other reason, like trying to stay in shape or anything. Um, it just felt really good to get up and move and to, and to sort of still be able to relate to who I am as a person. Um, my identity, I think, is pretty tied up with Ariel. So being able to continue to do that did really help me throughout that time. And you also decided sometime in your third trimester to share it with the world, which I thought was really, really brave, which I did not do. <laughs> so you did. Yeah. So you had that experience of getting the support from the worldwide aerial community and then just a couple other comments that we were like, why would, why would people yeah. say that? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely yeah. some challenges with that, which I think, I think I'm coming to understand that a lot of pregnant women have that experience, like yeah. the comments and so I even, and you still continue to have it as you have a child, but um, yeah, the comments can be a little tricky sometimes if they're neg- the negative or even just kind of the unsolicited advice that, that happens um, was definitely a surprise to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did wait a fairly long time in what, what I felt like was a long time to sort of share it publicly, but, um, mostly it was a really positive experience when I did share it. Yeah. Yeah. And Rachel was a beautiful, beautiful pregnant lady. We all went through it almost at the exact same time. It was like different mm-hmm. stages of pregnancy. And then one has the baby and you have this infant pregnancy, uh, this infant stage. And it was just a beautiful thing to go through it kind of in a flow altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not enjoy being pregnant either for the listeners. Both of us really wanted kids. So that had nothing to do with it. It was just, I was sick as well. My first trimester and, um, I just felt like it was forever. It just took for yeah. that nine months yeah. felt like a year and a half to me. Doesn't it? I it know, did. Yeah, it did. Too. And the other ladies have a completely different experience. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and then your birth story. So we have kind of a similarity that I did not have a great birth story, but, uh, it's like, I'm so glad she's born because I don't want to have that in my mind anymore. But is there anything that you'd like to share from your birth story? Yeah. Um, I would say I, I went into the, the pregnancy, like I went through my pregnancy, like really trying to like create what I thought would be like an ideal birth. Um, so, you know, I, I went to see some different therapists and different like, um, uh, like specialists in, in this area, these different areas related to, to having a natural birth and, I really wanted to have an unmedicated birth. Like that was my, my goal. Um, and I was doing a lot of hypno, uh, kind of hypno birthing, breath work and meditations. And, and I, cause I had a lot of fear around the birth to be honest. So I really was trying to make it, to alleviate some of that. Um, that being said, I've got into the, you know, I, um, my, uh, I got into the hospital. Um, I had to, I had to be induced because I had there was my my fluid was low and I had some um, high blood pressure, so I had to be induced a couple of days early, not super early, but um, and they gave me the uh, I'm forgetting the name of it now, but it's like the tampon they call it, which is like just basically like a thing they put up you to induce. So you know I had this, and then like um, you know about six seven hours my contraction started and. 
I had what I found out to be like an allergic reaction to that tampon thing. So every um, every minute I would have a contraction. So the they, they just were like basically from the very beginning, I just had these contractions every minute. Um, so, you know, I, I was able to through, I think just my sheer like uh, will just get through about six hours, six or seven hours of like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like, you know, I had the birth ball and I had this whole thing. Okay. I would, I would do like a few minutes in the birth ball and then a few minutes on my knees, a few minutes in the bed, like having all these different, you know, I'm, I'm, my husband was super supportive. He knew what I wanted, what I was trying to do, you know, and the, I have to say, you know, I, I gave birth at Cedars and it was a great hospital, but like definitely the staff were, were were pretty um they were, they were very surprised that I didn't want they, they were very much pressing the medication on me as well which I understand they didn't want to see me in pain but a part of that was a little it was it was challenging for me like looking back on it but um but anyway after about six seven hours I went for the the walking epidural first and then after about an hour and feeling like that wasn't doing anything I was like just give me everything just give me what you got just do it like and then, you know, it was just about two hours after that, that she came, it was about 10 hours um, all up. So so now I'm learning that wasn't really that long for a first birth, for a child, like from my other experiences I'm, I'm learning about. But mm-hmm. to me, it felt like so long, oh my God, it felt so long. So eventually, you know, she came out and it was amazing. She was only four pounds, 11. She was so tiny, but really healthy and everything was fine. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, um, a challenge, of course, like most births are. Just definitely not the pure, peaceful experience that I had <laughs> heard about that I was trying to emulate. You know, I feel like I just muscled and, like, like you know, just for some reason, I I just really had my my heart set on doing this unmedicated. But you know, my ultimate goal was for it to be a vaginal birth, which it was. Right. Um, you know, something I was I was really hoping for just being an aerialist and I, I, you know, as you know, like in my mind, it was going to be a less of a recovery um, to, to do it that way. But, you know, again, I've since seen a lot of my friends going through the C-section and it really doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> you know? Like I still had stitches in my badge. So, <laughs> you know. When Rachel told us this story, we were just horrified. Like every minute, the only thing that makes a contraction doable is if it, you take a break from it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that it's not consistent. It, it's supposed to come and go. And for Rachel, it didn't come and go. It just came and you didn't have any medication. For six hours. <laughs> Going into your fourth trimester, tell me, did you, you breastfed? I know you breastfed. Uh, how did it feel the first couple of weeks? And then let's get into, you know, how your body felt and coming back to Ariel. I definitely wouldn't recommend my pathway, to be honest, like what I did at all. Like as I, especially as I've looked back on it over the past two years, but, um, I, <laughs> I had a, um, I, I had a retreat that I was doing my <laughs> business partner, Brett and I were doing, and it was in eight, it was eight weeks after I had Evie that was planned it was always like there in the back of my mind that I had to be somewhat in shape to be able to teach like this kind of full-time retreat we had people flying in from all over the world 
it was a, um, you know, and I wanted to be, I knew I wasn't going to be at my best, but I wanted to be at least able to demonstrate and to be somewhat of what I thought Rachel Berman of where Michael Berman was supposed to be. Right. So, um, I, I felt, I definitely created a, like a pressure, put a pressure on myself to get back to like, I don't mean like shape physically per se as, as much as like being able to do stuff, um, by that eight week mark. So anyway, that being said, I think I gave myself like two days to, to rest and to really like, um, you know, spend like, not that I, I always made, made sure that my daughter was my priority, of course, but there was, you know, when she was sleeping, I would start doing very, you know, just gentle, like exercises, which felt okay. Like just gentle Pilates things and, um, breath work and this kind of thing to try to feel a little bit more of a connection with my body. Um, and then, and then, yeah, as, um, as, as that time kind of got closer and I was going to have this retreat and I also had a gig booked eight weeks back, um, eight weeks after I'd had her, which I look back and I just think that was just so crazy, but I, it was kind of a different time too. I think pre-COVID there was just a lot more happening in the world that I didn't want to miss out on. And I also just had this thing where I didn't want to. I, I was really, um, determined to not, this sounds maybe silly, but like to not just be a mother. Like I loved her so much and I couldn't even like my life completely changed when I had Evie and I suddenly was like, Oh my God, this is the best feeling in the whole world. Like it was incredible. But I also was like, really this other part of me was like, I'm not going to let go of this other person that I am an aerialist. And that's what I love. That's what I do. And and also like the joy that that brings me as well. So there was some, there was some like good like intentions there for sure. But I also think just the pressure that I put on myself was not necessarily healthy. And I, I, if I did it all over again, I wouldn't do that. I would, I wouldn't do that. So, um, I would at least make it three months after I'd given birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was a, uh, a challenging time for me, uh, just kind of learning, like, like learning to juggle all of those different parts of me, like how to be a mother, how to be a wife, how to still be an aerialist and businesswoman, like, like that. And I, and I don't think I've, I don't think I've learned how to do that at all. I'm just doing it and it's messy, (laughs) but but I'm just, I'm just doing it. Yeah. I think we're all doing that. We're all just trying to make it work. And I think you're doing a great job, but I do, it does resonate with me, the feeling of chaos Like it just feels like (laughs) chaos and the outside world might think to themselves that you really have it all together. And for the most part, we do have it together, but it does feel chaotic a lot. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We share that with each other all the time just to commiserate and feel like we're not alone, you know, because there's, there's so much more to think about and there's so much less time to do it in and, and everything. Um, yeah. Rach, how was the breastfeeding experience for you? Yeah, well, I'm still going care, so there's that. <laughs> I successfully <laughs> weaned the bean about three months ago. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, good for you, whatever you, I feel yeah. like whatever anyone wants. I never thought exactly. that I would be I thought I would do like maybe two months. I was like, how do people even go beyond two months? Yeah. And then it just kind of there was moments of around six months where I was like, she was kind of biting a little bit. And I was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. And then we kind of like, and I did a lot of reading about it. And one of the big things that I that resonated with me was like, if you stop, like 
if you stop, you can't go back. Like, so yeah. say you want to stop at four or five months. But I'm, and I'm not, obviously, like, whatever any one woman does is absolutely, I support that 100%. But, like, if you um, if you go, yeah, like, if you can't go back. So I was always like, well, just think about it. Like, do you, you can't go back. So and you, and yeah. you might not have another kid. So this might be the only, you know, I had all these kind of thoughts. Anyway, and then nine months, she's nine months old and COVID happens, right? Everything shuts down and we're all just home all the time and there just wasn't really like a need in that sense like I wasn't traveling for work or I wasn't like you know that's how I felt like maybe I would naturally wean her in that sense yeah. but um yeah so so we've got it down we've got it down to twice a day morning and night she knows us when she gets her milk but um you know there's gonna be it's gonna happen soon I've talked to her about it. I was like we're gonna be stopping this soon and and um it's just kind of like so like as of now, like, it's just, um, I feel like it's something that is both of our choices, like yeah. together, like obviously, you know, yeah, I'm not going to let her do it like past, you know, too, too far along, but, but as of now, it feels like it's still, um, it, it makes sense and I enjoy and she enjoys it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's been, it's definitely been an up and down kind of journey. And again, like I said, I, I thought I would stop a lot earlier. There was definitely moments when I did. And then it just became kind of really a nice way to connect. Like mm-hmm. if I was yeah. busy with work, right? Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, let's connect up. And then she'd go on her way and do the other thing. And, and, and it sort of felt like, and I hate to say like an easy way, but kind of like an easy way just to like quickly connect to then we can kind of separate, keep us connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really dep- I have a lot of friends who you know, just loved it with their child, like as a, as a duet, just loved it. And my being is still grabbing at my boobs constantly because she really misses it. But I myself was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, but it was a hard wean because she is very attached. So, but I'm, I'm glad that you're having a good experience with it. Whatever the experience is, we just hope for a good one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. And so you coming back into Ariel, you say you might've done it slightly different. Had you, had you gone a different, like if you could do it again, but, um, how do you feel in your body? How do you feel in your body now? I feel, I feel, um, now like a hundred percent back to what I was, but minus the whole COVID and not having as many like gigs and things like that to be as in shape for. But in terms of just, um, being back to how I used to feel, mm-hmm. it's taken, it's taken almost two years really to, to feel back to that way. Like I've shared with you before, Carrie, like I've like felt like little pains mm-hmm. in mostly like kind of around the hip, the groin pelvis area over the last like year, it was like a year and a half really like after the, my birth and you know, the birth. Um, so yeah, that was something I was like, do I have to just live with this? Like, I wasn't sure. Like, you know, as an aerialist, you often have little niggles here and Mm -hmm. there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of just putting it down to maybe something like that. Um, and wasn't sure how I was, how I was going to kind of deal with it. And just being so, as you know, also being so busy with a child, like, you're just, I was just like grateful that I got the chance to, when I got to train or whatever, like, so I felt like I also wasn't warming up as well as I used to. So there was, yep. kind of, I was like, is it, is it that, or is it, is it the pregnancy, is it pregnancy pains? Like I, I, I wasn't really sure right. until time has gone on. And now I'm like, okay, I don't have that, that groin pain anymore. That was there for so long. So. Yeah. So was it there just resting pain or was it when you worked out? 
it was primarily when I worked out. Okay. Like sometimes randomly when I was walking or something, but mostly working out, like, like it wasn't resting. Okay. We've been having this conversation in our friend group a lot because we've, we're all at different stages of coming back from pregnancy. And it's like, Oh, did you feel this? You know, does your pubic, pubic bone hurt? Does your tailbone hurt? You know, how does your body feel? And for me, I had a C-section. I don't have the aches and pains you guys talk about, but I certainly do have like this super up and down strength in my pelvis. So I'm trying to like manage that because, you know, you just want to, you know, you want to work on it and you want it to stay in your body and not always the easiest. So we all kind of have our thing, Um, but I'm glad you feel good. That's kind of good because I'm like, okay, the two-year mark is for me. And I don't know, it's coming up, right? it's coming up in like five months and I'm hoping to feel, you know, I'm hoping to feel like myself exactly again, you know, I miss that. Um, totally. uh, so Rachel and Brett, they are the best bosses ever. They let us be ourselves. You know, they let us be ourselves in the classroom, which I really appreciate. And they give us so much support, which I love. Um, I love our, our live, our community that has been built around these two people. So I think that's because also we have such amazing teachers like yourself, like we're oh, so lucky that we're able, that we're able to trust you guys and, and know that you give awesome classes and that you're great people. And it's, it's just, we're very lucky in that way. Right. And I talk about that all the time, like to have this community of like fantastic teachers that we're just like, we just trust you guys so much. And, and, and you always like, you're always just keep you such a like, such high level teachers. Like we're, we're just really lucky to have you guys. Um, if anything, the issues that I've had at work are that I, that I get, I, I'm too invested. That's, that's always the problem that I have. Like I, I care so much. I care too much. I get my feelings hurt very easily, you know, type of thing. Um, but Rachel and Brett are, are behind all the work. So they have the brick and mortar studio and they have this kind of invisible empire of (laughs) online. And, you know, Rachel is balancing motherhood, being a wife, being a business partner to Brett, which is different than being a solo business owner, which I am. It's got its ups and downs. It's got this, it's got like the opposite problem kind of, right? Um, Tell me how you balance all of it. Uh, well, first of all, I, I would say I don't. Like, I feel like I don't balance it in that kind of, at least in my mind, that I guess I don't see it as that. Um, I feel like there's different seasons with kind of each of like those buckets, if you will, like of, of say work, like, like straight like Womack and Bowman work and then like uh, being a mom and then my husband, like in that sense, there's sort of different seasons of, like importance, like obviously they're all important and my family is the most important, but like everything's important in different seasons. So particularly say for the business, when we're doing like a launch or a, like a, like a, one of our products or um, some, a new venture, like at the studio or something's happening, then I'll sort of bring most of my attention. I'll generally have a discussion with my husband and be like, okay, just so you know, this is what's coming up. I'm going to be like working a lot on this and can you help with childcare? <laughs> it's another story, but like, so we'll kind of like, uh, that will be like a season where that's happening. And generally Brett and I are pretty organized and we map out our different ventures that we're doing, like quite at least like four, 
like four months in advance, I would say. So we sort of know what's coming up. So that makes it easier to work my life around that. Um, and then secondly, I would say for me, most recently finding like a really fabulous childcare center mm-hmm. where Evie just goes a couple times a week as of now, but, um, she loves that. It was, uh, it was hard at, at first, but, um, she really enjoys it there as well, which has made it a lot easier, but both my husband and I like primarily work from home. So we kind of said to ourselves, Oh, we, we can do this. We can, we can balance childcare, but it was just, it, as she started walking and as you know, mm-hmm. um, with, with being like, as they start getting mobile and getting into things and really wanting stimulation and wanting you to play with them all the time. Like I just wasn't able to give her all of my attention like all the time because I had deadlines and things to do that, and I had things that I wanted to do as well. So I, just having that couple, even two days a week of knowing that she was going to be at school, like has just been huge in, and, and allows me to like have those days that I'm not, uh, that she's not a childcare to really just focus on her and we'll like go to the park and we'll do little things together. And it's like quality time. And it makes me a better mother. I feel like, like to actually be able to do that. Oh, and I actually sometimes get massages and I do do things to myself during that time too, which has been amazing because that wasn't happening in the first year and a half really for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's not happening in my world yet either. <laughs> we, we don't have a, we don't have, um, we don't have a preschool situation. What do we call it? Montessori or just childcare, whatever it is. At this, at that age, yeah, that age is kind of in between the daycare and the preschool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna that pull is gonna be just as hard for me because I just love being with her, but you know, I want her to have crafts and and like play with other kids and all that stuff. So it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's definitely been a challenge, especially with a podcast. It's kind of like she, it's really hard to record with her. She's like here, but like you can hear her in the background. It's not good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's I expect a Gary list so everyone understands. <laughs> well, in a way, in a way, she's kind of part of it. I've had some listeners say, it's so awesome to hear her voice change over the months. I'm like, that's kind of cool. It's awesome. That part's kind of cool. Um, so, so yeah. So the balancing act, I really feel like all of us are trying to balance. And do you have any advice out there for other moms who run businesses uh, and yeah. work? Yes, I do. And it would be like, we probably heard this before, but be gentle on yourself. Like, like that would be my number one like advice because it's, it's, it's impossibly hard what is expected of us and what, even, even that we can expect of ourselves, like to do it all, like to be that ideal mother that we want to be, like to, to have the business we want to have, like to meet everyone's expectations, like, or at least what we think they have of us. Like, I think it's impossible. So just like letting go, like being gentle. And the other thing I have found for me is just letting go of perfection. Like I've really found that as have become a mother like and I mean that in the sense of like um you know if you if you get too perfectionistic if I get too perfectionistic then nothing's going to get done like like there's this quote perfection is the enemy of good right and I feel like it's 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 true and also like the enemy of done like getting something done getting something sent out I know you're kind of like a little bit on this train too care yeah about this like Mm -hmm. you get so much done right and it's like if you sat back and you just kind of if you let got two heads spinning about it. It's not going to get out there. You're not going to push the needle forward. You're not going to get to the goals that you want. So I feel like it's just, just keep going, do what you can. Um, Utilize those nap times (laughs) 
And also like make time uh, for yourself, take care of yourself as well, because otherwise everything could just turn to shit. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this, but- Oh, we swear. Just to swear. <laughs> okay. It will turn yeah. to shit for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I've gotten incrementic, incrementally better with my- like perfectionism. I used to spin out about like, if I would wrote a blog and my grammar was off on one thing, I would think about it all night. I do not do that anymore. It's gone. That kind of stuff. I'm like, I can't. Winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I, I still, I still, uh, I still struggle with it. I know you do too. Cause no matter what your personality is still going to be there. I mean, today, for example, we were shooting this Thing at the law for, for our upcoming um, uh, launch. And we're going we're gonna to talk about silk sales, but we were doing a shoot for it. And I was doing some of like Brett's choreography because he's injured right now. So I was, I was helping him out. And I was doing this like demo of it. And I, there was this one moment where I had to do a double cross behind the back, you know, with the silks tails. And I just kind of like fumbled it slightly. Like it was just not perfect, you know? And it bothered me. And I said to to Brett and, and Sita, who was working with us at so I was just like, oh, I need to do it again. Like, like I fumbled that. And they were both like, what? Like, what? I didn't even notice. Like, what? And I looked back on it and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you can't really notice. But it was just kind of an example of like, I can definitely go there. Like, but what? Was I just going to keep on doing this again and again and again, like to try to get at this perfect shot that wasn't even necessary? Like, anyway, that's just kind of an example of where. I no, like, I mean, I, I definitely have know. done that a million times. Right, right. <laughs> The other people don't even notice, right? So when you, you know, yeah. that's interesting. But. Or something that happened today, I, I had filmed this, like I, I was doing this like Russian climb into an S-wrap into a wheel down. And mm-hmm. like three, four weeks ago, I filmed it like 18,000 times. I don't know how much, yeah. maybe like eight times I filmed it sure. and didn't post any of them. Wasn't good enough? Wasn't good enough. <laughs> in your I, mind? I saved four of them and put them on a hard drive somewhere in the depths of my whatever. Cleaning oh. out my hard drive today, I looked at him. I was like, these are actually not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, yeah. So yeah. it was whatever mood I was in that day. Yeah, for sure. Whatever if you feel, mood. Maybe if you're like hot on yourself that yeah. day or something, maybe, right? Well, yeah. because my straddle is not as open as I want it to be because my abs are not what, they, what I want them to be right now because they just keep on going up and down. And I think I was just... Kind of hard on myself that day. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, everybody's like, I can't notice. I'm like, it's because I don't put it on there. I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe people just don't notice. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you got, you started talking about what you're, what's new, like what's new with the loft. So from my end, we are in this COVID transition where, we're almost going back to normal. Classes are full again. People are really excited to come back. They're at a lot of different stages in their practice. Like maybe they've been practicing the whole time on a home rig and only had like 15 feet. Some people took the entire time off and are just getting back. Um, so it's starting to feel like it's coming alive a little bit. How do you feel from your end, from, from the owner's end? Yeah, I absolutely feel that way in the last couple of months. Um, we have a little setback with this, obviously, this new variant that's happening that we've gone back to wearing masks again, making that compulsory. But, you know, people have been really awesome about that and respectful from, from what we could tell about wearing the masks and um, just kind of working through it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. just wear a mask when you do aerial. Like, who would have thought, right, a few years ago that we'd be doing that, but. Yeah, it's um, so that's been really wonderful to kind of 
you know, just witness that um, people coming together despite everything. We keep the roller door open, so we have a lot of airflow, obviously, and um, that's been that's been really good. Yeah, so things things are doing doing good. Uh, we're still keeping classes small at the at the studio, so you know, um, it makes it a little bit more challenging as the business owners, you know, to kind of to, to have to do that. But at the same time, like we're we're here for the long haul, so we're going to like keep keep going and and it's just been wonderful that we've been able to open up again because I know there's places in the world that are not Well, even in our city, there's been a lot of studios that have not opened up again or are just going to struggle because I don't know if people who are not business owners really even have an inkling of how expensive an aerial business is. I watch you guys go through it. So I kind of know, but I mean, the overhead is insane. It is. I mean, I feel like that's why a lot of aerial studios are in sort of kind of random places, right? Where yeah. you can maybe get your rent a little bit down. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely overheads for sure. Like that's something that, um, yeah, we've we've kind of worked through over the years. We 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 keep us the studio fit. Like we've been in a couple of different locations now. Um, where we're at now seems to be a good fit around a thousand square feet. So it's not too big for us. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of big enough to manage. The rent's not so crazy high. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of equipment expenses yep. and there's, yeah, the rent electricity and then there's insurance, which is definitely, you know, substantial. So yeah, it definitely does add up for sure. So yeah, but you know, we love it. And so far we've been able to, to make it work. And then we also have the online business to kind of help, help us out as well. So yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're excited about right now with the online yeah. Um, well, we have like some of the listeners might know we have already like our kind of flagship course, which is Master of the Silks that we open up once a year. And that's like a an advanced, um, uh, like a, a advanced aerial silks course that teaches people a whole lot of content um, as well as specific aerial acts as well, where they can submit that to us and get um, a, a certificate of completion for doing that. So sort of more of a uh, certification course. So we have that going that we that we launch uh, usually at the beginning of each year. So we've done that. That one has opened and closed for 2021. But we um, during COVID, we, we actually started a new program, a, a membership site uh, that's called Silkstars. And we started that because we found like a lot of people were, you know, the studios were closed. They didn't have, you know, a way to keep training. So, and a lot of people had, some had found, you know, people, aerialists are amazing in that they find ways to train, right? Whether it's going to friends' houses or, you know, buying rigs or whatnot, like finding places to train. So we wanted to sort of support that and to help, um, yeah, like basically we, we started a, a $27 a month membership site. We wanted it to be something accessible to people, especially during COVID. Um, and it, it basically every month there's a new challenge, like a new combination that we teach. So we teach a choreography and we have a, a mini rig version and then a regular height version. And we also have a ground workout class that we uh, include in that. So each month there's like new content. And then we have a live Q and a that we do every month or like on that challenge. And then at the end of the month, we encourage um, the members to upload the video to the, to the website that we have, the success website where they have their own profile. And then we go in there and we watch the video every month and we give them feedback on that. So they get like a personalized uh, critique 
as well as we award stars, which has been kind of a fun like gamification process to like, sure. to like, yeah, right. Maybe people are a little more motivated. Okay, I want to get my challenge up this month. I'm going to go train. And, uh, and those stars like unlock prizes within the site, like different bonus tutorials and cool. things like that. Yeah. So it's been fun. And we have like a silk star shop where it has some swag. And so it's been a super fun. And then we have community on there too, like a forum. People can kind of go in there and have questions and chat to each other. And it's been like a really fun, especially during this difficult time of the last year, like to have this community going, it's really evolved. And, um, and yeah, just to meet all these awesome aerialists around the world and just like cr- watch them like create, like, and it was funny because the first couple of months, the submissions were a little more like technical, like the aerialists would be kind of, there wasn't much music or it was really just like, like kind of going through the motions a little more. And then you know, we gave it a little feedback and whatnot. And it was so amazing to watch the, the transformation of people kind of stepping into their own artistry. Like, I, don't I love know, it. I like sometimes right, people just kind of need, I know we do this a lot of the loft, so you know, this with your classes too, Carrie, like, and you're such an amazing choreographer. So you, you bring that out in people, but like watching them like feel safe enough to express themselves. Like that has been the most rewarding part of doing this program. Like is watching, watching people like really like change and, and transform, you know, into these artists. Like they were always, like, it's not that they weren't, it wasn't there. It was just kind of allowing them to express that, like having a place to do that. So that's been really wonderful. Um, so yeah, we've done a, the, the program opens a couple times a year. So it's actually going to be opening up again for a new like cohort, like a, a new registration basically for uh, the week, this week, the week of August uh, 9th. So we just open it up for a week um, and that way, you know, we can give people a chance to join. We do like a 14 day free trial as well. And then it's like cancel any time, but it is only $27 a month anyway. So it's not like a massive commitment, mm-hmm. but um, we wanted to make it accessible in that sense for people to, you know, who, who maybe, yeah, just, just need some extra inspiration and, and connection. So yeah. So we'll be opening that up for, for a week. So, you know, if you guys are interested, you want to check it out and go to silkstars.com. Yeah. I feel like you guys, um, it gives people three things. It gives them community, inspiration, and motivation. And those three things together are three of the hardest things to have consistently in your practice. We are very lucky here in LA. I've, I've had a lot of students say this to me. They're like, man, we take it for granted that there's just so many of us here. You know, there's so many of them. There's so many of the teachers just we're in such close proximity to each other that we take it for granted. Sometimes I, I speak to aerialists, you know, just in different cities in America, even not even out of the, out of the country. And one of them I remember lives up in Northern Cali and she's like, man, all the girls around me, she's like a mom. She's like, you know, in her forties, she's great. She's fit, everything. But everybody in her class is like 14 and like, like Gumby, you know, like super flexible. Everything's easy for them. And she's like, I don't have my, I don't have people around me that are like me. And sometimes the only way to really have that is to find those people in your online community. You're not going to move your job and your family to get an aerial community probably. So, and then on the other hand, motivation and inspiration. So if you do live in one of these small towns or just not LA, not Vegas, not New York, you know, how do you get motivated if you have your rig at home? 
how do you get inspired? And sometimes you just need something that's easily accessible on your phone. Um, you know, I, I hopefully bring that to the beginners of the world with wrap your head around silks and you hopefully bring it to the, you know, the more advanced students, you know, with your, with your program. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great because, uh, those things are really, I don't think about it very often because, you know, I've got like first world problems over here. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have to go to the studio again today. You know, for other people, that's an absolute gift. Every single minute you could have that airtime, that height of rig, you know, yeah, place to film your stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible to me, the amount of people we have, like in Sooksas who actually have been on these little mini rigs for the last year, like, in their houses and they're doing what they're doing. It's so incredible. Like what you can do with just a few feet. I, I'm, I had no idea. Like this is just people make it work though. And that's, yeah, I, I find it so inspiring. Like people are like, okay, I'm going to get what I can out of this rig, you know? And it's like, they're doing it. But yeah, we are very lucky to have what 20 plus ceilings that we can yeah. use. It's down the street for you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the thing. I'm like, Rachel, oh, I'm going to work. Oh, wait, it's your place. Oh, wait, it's only five minutes away from my house because she has to like commute an hour and a half sometimes. 25 minutes, at least 25 minutes. Yeah, time, yeah, depending on traffic, it takes her so long mm-hmm. to get to her own so place funny. of business. And I'm so close. Okay, two questions. And I know I didn't ask you this previously, so I'm gonna make you think on your feet. So, uh, like big goal for yourself as Rachel and then also a mom fail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. First of all, big goal for myself. Um, I would say just to really, um, be in the moment, like be like in, in, like live in the moment more versus I'm, I'm such a, like, I'm very ambitious, which, which I, I like about myself, but it also can take me out of the moment that I'm in. So I, I want to just really appreciate the beautiful moments that I do get with my family, as well as like with my business, like different parts of it, just like where we're at now versus like, okay, where are we going to be? I love having big goals. So get me wrong, but just kind of like making sure that I stay present. So, so that's something that I'm really wanting to work on a little more in myself. That you can enjoy um, the victories when they happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Versus like, okay, next one. Now we move on. Something Brett and I joke about all the time because we have so many little you know, different products and different things happening that we're off. Okay. That was great. Now moving on. Like, you know, that, that's just, we do like a show and we'd be having these little huddles and business meetings between our acts. And then we'd be done with the show and we'd be, you know, the applause would be happening and we'd come off, we'd come off the stage and we'd start be talking about our next pro, like business project that we had to do and like meetings and stuff. And it was, it's pretty funny, but like, that's something that I want to just get a little bit more like in, you know, focused on where I am in the moment. So yeah, for sure. I love that. And, and then biggest mom fail. Oh, not even so big, not even big. Oh, okay. Like I had one the other day I washed, I washed a diaper Oh, oh, oh. And if oh, you've gosh. never done that, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. all of the stuff, the mush in the inside mm-hmm. got like sloshed all over the inside. It took me 45 minutes to clean it up. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's funny. Okay. So let me think. There's so many, like even just the last week, I'm sure we're in the middle of potty training right now. So a lot of it is uh, potty related. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> 
you know, by putting on underpants on her and she thinks it's a diaper that's happened before. So she'll just go. We have this travel putty that we take everywhere now because she's, you know. So I was driving once from the studio to my daughter's childcare to pick her up. And um, and um, um, it was like a lot, a lot of traffic. And I, I got to childcare and I was really dying for the bathroom I needed to pee. And then I looked at the back and, I, and there was like no bathrooms around. And I, was like, I can't go inside. I can't go into her childcare. So I peed up potty. <laughs> and I was like, this is like a mom. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? No, <laughs> I think it might be a hack. But the fact that you share that is amazing. <laughs> I thought about not showing it, but then I was like, oh God, this is like the kind of shit that I do. <laughs> it's like, I. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it'd be like, dude, there's a toilet right in here. Let me just go in it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Rach, that's a really good note to that's end gonna, on. That's going to be the lead for your podcast <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the credit, opening credit. <laughs> It was really, really good. And and we are going to end this podcast on a high note of Rachel Ping in her daughter's potty in the car. There you go. It's public. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Rachel, for being here. And you can find Rachel and Brett on Instagram at Womack and Bowman. Mm-hmm. You can find Thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah, a lot of choreo there, silkstars.com if you're interested in that. And um, yeah, they're just really fun to watch because their style, I just don't know anybody else that has their style. So I love watching their stuff. Even being in proximity, it still surprises me to look at actually even all the teachers at the studio. I'm just like, oh my God, where'd they get that? They're literally like yeah. the class right after me. And it's like, they're doing Ariel on another planet as yeah. than me. So it's it's so interesting. Yeah, it's such a great thing to have all that diversity. Um, So yeah, Rachel, thanks for being here. At some point when your child's in another stage, we'll have you back and we'll talk about like a different, a different stage of of that mom life. Yes, living that mom life. Living the mom life. Thank you, Carrie, so much for having me. It's really fun. Thanks so much to Rachel for being here with us today. Thanks to Asa Watkins for music and post-production. And you can always find me at Carrie at wrapyourheadaroundsilks.com. If you go to the show notes, I have my curated list of aerialist must-haves on Amazon. There for you in the show notes. And... Thanks so much for listening today. You are listening to the Expecting Aerialist Podcast.